0: This is the 77 WABC Minicast. Well, my next guest I'm very excited about here. You know, I, I've known uh, Chief Esposito for a long time now, and, and when we spoke on September 11th, he had mentioned that his daughter Holly ended up writing a, a wonderful firsthand account of her experience in, on 9-11, something that was very meaningful to him. Uh, and I told him immediately, I said, I, I want to have Holly on my show. I want to I wanna hear about this. And I said, what better day? then right after the tunnel the towers run so without any further ado let me introduce Holly Esposito. Holly how are you today?
1: Hi I'm good how are you?
0: I'm doing well I'm doing well I had I gained a a new perspective on what it must have been like to actually run through the tunnel with bunker gear on and what so many people ended up uh, going through that day. But, but I want to get right to you on this, okay. which th- this was fantastic. This, uh, this essay that you ended up writing and, and, uh, it brought me right back to that day and some of the feelings I had on that day. But let me just ask you, what inspired you to write such a poignant firsthand account of your experience on September 11th?
1: Absolutely. And before I go into that, I just want to say, it's funny, that song that you just had on is actually the song I danced with my father to oh, wow. at my wedding. Wow. Um, he's my hero, 100%. And he always has been. Yeah. So you picked the right song. <laughs> yeah. That today. wasn't even planned. just amazing.
0: It's yeah. divine. Right?
1: You, you got, you got me, <laughs> you got me in the field just starting us right off. Um, but yeah, he, he's the one, he's the one who inspired me to, to, write about it. Uh, you know, he says it all the time. We've lived through history and our kids are going to want to know what we went through from our perspective and, You know, memories fade, but if you write it down and and keep it going, um, we've got to keep telling these stories because as horrible and tragic as that day was, there were some miracles. There were some positives that came out of the tragedy, and I was lucky enough to have somebody who made it out and and made impact on a lot of people. So I really just wanted to tell the story, one, because he told me to, (laughs) two, because he inspired me to um i want everyone to know i want everyone to see my dad as the hero that i always have and i I think a lot of people do
0: well i want to dig through a couple parts of your story here um you know you talk about when uh you actually see that there was a plane crash you hear there's a plane crash you're now calling your house trying to see if your mom actually heard from your dad you're calling um you're calling is it your brother i believe it is uh your boyfriend now husband sorry Uh, Stefan about that and uh, let me get into this one part at one point my co-worker Steve came down from roof to tell me that one of the towers had collapsed his father worked in a garage near the World Trade Center and he knew my father was in the area as well I remember what he said to me and it still takes my breath away everyone who's in there is dead no one could have survived that I'm sure it was his grief that made him say that thinking that his own father was gone he wasn't he started bawling and It was the first of many tears that day, that week, that year. Steve gave me a hug and went back to the roof. I sat back down by my phone, and eternity, or perhaps a few minutes later, my phone rang. It was a police officer who worked in my dad's office telling me that he is fine and that someone is coming to pick me up and take me to his office. I called mom. Did she tell me my father was fine, or did I tell her? I don't know. Now, you said it felt like an eternity, which I'm sure it did. Tell me about your range of emotions that day.
1: Yeah, I I think that that's another you know miracles is something I've been thinking a lot about and, and praying for certainly um, and definitely that day I think we were all praying for miracles I, I think that's one of the miracles of of the human body is shock right that's, that's a gift that yeah. God gives us and I I really think I was in shock you know I was working across the street from the Empire State Building and most of my coworkers. They left. They left the building. We were, you know, who knew what? What? What else was going to happen? Was the Empire State Building going to be struck yeah. next? You know, we were all, everyone was making guesses of what what was going to happen next that day. Right? Horrible, horrible things that were going through everyone's minds. And I was just cemented to my seat. I could not move. I was sitting there looking at my phone because, you know, cell phones weren't working. They weren't. They weren't that good to begin with back then, but even, you know, even if they were great, the all, everything was down. I had to sit there by my phone and wait because I didn't know what else I could do. You know, it, yeah. there was nothing else to do. My heart, I don't, I don't even think I breathed. you know, who, who really, who really was breathing that day? I think the whole world collectively was holding our breath together and, and just waiting to see what was going to happen. Um, you know, my full range of emotions. I think hopelessness was was in there. Yeah. Hopeful was in there. Mm-hmm. You know, one moment we we were all thinking the worst. The next moment we were all praying for the best. And um, you know, I didn't see the towers fall. I saw the second plane hit the building. At that point, I was still on my commute mm-hmm. to work, so I was on the subway um, on the bridge. It was elevated, going across the river. At that point, and I, I saw the plane. And, and even then I couldn't comprehend what was, what was happening. Um, no one could, It, it was too crazy to believe that it could be real. So we were all, you know, I definitely was in a bit of denial. And, um, I just remember being numb and just sitting there in my chair, watching people either leave or go up to the roof. A lot of people went up to the roof to watch because you could see from my building's roof, you could see the world trade center. Yeah. Um, so they they saw it, they saw it, and I was getting you know there were no TVs in my offices. There was no smartphones playing the video. I was just hearing from other people what was happening at that point. Yeah. So that's it. I was just waiting. For the longest few minutes of my life, I can't imagine.
0: How, yeah, how long that actually felt, and, mm-hmm. and and you really, I mean, you really encapsulated that so well. But you mentioned also the what's next feeling, and there's something that I remember, and your father very well might have been with my father when this happened. Yeah. But something that he remembers so well that day is when they heard, and they were walking up. Uh, I, I don't know if it was West Street or they were walking up uh maybe 7th avenue at that point um but they heard a plane coming by this was this was later and somebody said watch out and another person yelled no that's a friendly it's a, it was one of the F16s coming in to guard the city at that point and he said for a moment he just had perspective that he realized you know just that america was at war in that in that time now along with the the what's next feeling you know, one of the things I think that's really, in some ways, I don't, I don't maybe not focused on today as much as it should be, is the amazing job that the New York Police Department did with your father as chief at preventing any follow up terrorist attack for the decades to follow. Um, I mean, how proud are you of your father's work, not just on that day and his heroism, but throughout his storied career?
1: Absolutely. Um you know, my dad today. He even today, and he is he is still working, um, but he's also fighting cancer. Um, he will take a phone call. He will look for any opportunity to help someone um, as much as he can. It's his number one priority. And and the city, you know, you think about it. That day, people were riding from other boroughs. They were just trying to get there. Everybody wanted to help. Everyone wanted to to you know have the outcome be as good as it possibly could be. And, and, you know, not just the folks that were responding, but their families too. I want to take a second because I know my dad is listening and I know that he uh, wouldn't want me to, to um, overlook the heroism of the loved ones of the first responders. My mom in particular, I'll use her as my example here. Um, God rest her soul. She was there every morning sending him off to who knows what, you know, we really didn't know what was going to happen. And, and, you know, they would say goodbye in the morning and she would sit by the phone all day. And every night when he came home many, many, many hours later, he, she was, you know, standing at the back door with the fresh clothes because he was spending the day at ground zero, searching, hoping, looking for miracles and coming home covered in plaster and, and, and you know, having to change outside and she was cleaning him up. And, you know, my, my father was and still is a very strong man and I had not seen him show any kind of emotion that looked like what I saw from him that week. And, you know, the, the families of the people who, obviously the families who lost from one, um, but also the families who had their loved ones that they were sending out to, to really, you know, be the heroes. I I just want to take a second and recognize them too, because I think they get, they get a little lost in the mix and, and they're absolutely heroes.